wish things would get better. I'm trying to get rid of them, but nothing seems to stay the same. Woke up in the morning, took my hair, make me get my clothes on. Walking into school, thinking of what is going to happen next. Oh, whoa, things are just caught up in my mind. Just cannot get rid of them. I am worrying and worrying. I just cannot get rid of this. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's a classic. Classic. <laughs> Welcome to From, From the, the Lower, Lower Level. With Rivers and the Dude. Hello, everyone. We hope you've had a wonderful week so far. Um, There was certainly a ton that happened yeah. in reality television this week. Yeah. The, uh, the, the craziest thing for the week, in my perspective, was that... Wednesday, we had like a Bravo Super Bowl day. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it, but hold on, pause for just a second. All right. Before we get into any of that. All right. All right. Um, we need to update our listeners that we successfully procured champagne for this week's recording. We did. The uh, the the continuation of the tariff saga. <laughs> but we found it, and um, so cheers to that. Cheers. Oh, yes. So and we, we got one for next week, too. So next week's in the books already. Mm-hmm. Like, we got next week on deck. Yeah. It was a funny little situation. Um, I went into a liquor store while a smoke alarm was going off. The smoke detector was going off. And I looked at the lady at the register like, are we doing this? Am I coming in? <laughs> and uh, she gave me the look like, yep, you're coming in. And so I went in, covered my ears, ran to the champagne aisle, grabbed two bottles quickly, and I was out. <laughs> yeah, you had, you had a better experience than I did while that was happening. I was in Trader Joe's checking out. Um, out of four bags of groceries, we got through three and a half. We had like eight items left to scan and the fire alarms were going off there as well. And I was escorted out of the building (laughs) without your groceries, without any of my groceries (laughs) in the dead of winter. (laughs) Yeah. So it was an eventful (laughs) afternoon, but all that, all that counts is that we ended up getting our groceries. We got our bubbly. And we got our bubbly. So, and now we're here recording. Um, some of, you're going to share some of the, um, I would say most iconic, eh, not the most iconic highlights of Housewives history, but like pretty damn good. And as far as an opening episode goes, like getting the ball rolling mm-hmm. for a season... Jersey came out swinging. Yeah, Jersey strong. Jersey strong for sure. Um, so something that I would like to discuss really quick, the dude. You had mentioned to me recently that you felt like because you were from New Jersey and that we live in New Jersey, that like you almost were hesitant to call Jersey like the goat or, you know, like yeah. really latch on because of maybe that you were partial or exactly. others might like, view you, you know, as being partial to You might to look it. at it as a, the term they call homerism, right? Like yeah. when, when it's your hometown team, when it's your hometown franchise, maybe everything gets looked at with rose-colored glasses, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe everyone's just a little bit cooler from your town. Maybe everyone's a little bit funnier. Maybe everything's a little bit more dramatic. So I always kind of hold back a little. I've always loved Jersey. Um, 
the place and the franchise. <laughs> but um, I don't ever proclaim Jersey as being my favorite because I do feel like the homerism there. Yeah. Which, it's funny because, um, you know, obviously being in Jersey, we're not far from New York either. So that could also kind of fall into homerism. Yeah. yeah but that's usually what, if people were to just stop and ask me, favorite franchise... I usually go New York. Yeah, New York, number one. But I got to admit, I don't know. Part of it, I, I've thought about it after our conversation. I'm like, is Jersey my favorite? And I'm I'm just afraid to, to put it out there like that. I don't know. All right, well, no one's judging you, if it is. One thing I can say, mm-hmm. there's no better group of husbands than Jersey. Oh, yeah. The Jersey has the They could have the their own spin-off. <laughs> they, totally. They could totally have their own, like, like uh, summer house, Jersey-style <laughs> spin-off with just the boys. Even if it was just a long weekend. Yeah. I would love to see all the Jersey husbands in a shore house for, like, a week. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, just to veer off for a second, have you seen all of that? Because uh, we're talking about Real Housewives husbands, but PK... And Mauricio hanging out a lot lately. They're buds. They're yeah. total buds. I like. Who would have guessed? I I wouldn't have guessed. No, not me. But um, my question: Do you think? Do you think he they're they're passing the the wacky grass back and forth? I, absolutely. Because you know Mauricio's about that life. <laughs> yeah, he totally is. He's such a stoner. Um, and PK, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past him. I'm not saying like. Uh, I don't think that's out of the possibility. Yeah, I agree. But I'm I, I'm not sure how I feel about this little friendship that they have, but I've seen some of their little singing, their duets. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm kind of loving it. I think it's great. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so back to Jersey. Uh, great husbands on the show. But, I mean, husbands are wonderful, but, like, let's just get right into it. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, like, talk about... That first five minutes, yeah. right? <laughs> first five minutes, holy shit. And thank you, Bravo, for not doing one of those, like, two months uh, before, you know, you guys know what we're talking those about, right? Slow build-ups, yeah. right? Like, you know Ugh. something's, you know the good stuff is, like, a few weeks, maybe even months away, mm-hmm. and you just gotta, like, put the pieces together and connect the dots all the way going back to the good stuff, right? Yeah. They only did a what was it a few days or a few yeah weeks? I think it was I think it was a couple days yeah I think it was a couple days later so that's good so they started us out with some drama and then took us back to how it started and then brought us back forward again yeah and um, so I mean hopefully you all have watched this episode already if you haven't I'm so sorry run um, go watch it because it's explosive what. What really, I mean, the crux of it all is that Teresa starts a rumor. And it's like, and she's clearly trying to start shit. Well, the funny thing is, like, it for Teresa, who in many circles is referred to as one of the greatest housewives of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, some have her as the GOAT, others in the top three, but she's always held in high esteem as far as the housewives, uh, uh, Litany, right? The mm-hmm. the lineage, uh, <laughs> the lineage, <laughs> the lineage of housewives. She she's highly revered. Um, well, I mean, table flipping. That's all you have to say. Put it on the map, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is the I, like I'm close to flipping a table now. It, like <laughs> I just 
would like to flip a table. Like it, I live in New Jersey. I feel like it's something that I should do, <laughs> you know. But for for Teresa, she came like it came across so she looked like a newbie the way she was like it when she was at the party for Evan for Jackie's husband. Um she was almost like forcing this rumor on people mm-hmm. <laughs> like had and doing it in the vaguest most timid like did you hear he does stuff you know stuff when he's alone yeah well because that was so like left to interpretation right anyone could say like what you know oh well i didn't say he did anything you know i think she was putting her line in the water to see who was gonna bite and she kept it very vague in the very beginning so that she could pull back at any time, right? Like, oh, he doesn't clean his equipment after he's done working out. Like, oh, that's the that's stuff. That's the stuff that he does. <laughs> you know? And so I think she was, like, testing the waters and then kind of went in. Um, we should probably back up for a second. So Teresa is at this party. So Jackie throws a party for her her husband. She's never thrown a party for him. And it, I thought it was kind of funny. It's his, like, what, 46th? Yeah, it was birthday. a random number birthday. <laughs> but it is, there's a lesson to be learned, the COVID lesson of party when you get the opportunity. It's true. Right? Don't wait for 50. Don't wait for 60. Don't wait for an even number. Like, you know what? You turn 46, live it up. YOLO. Throw yourself a party. Yeah, YOLO. So they have this birthday party. And, you know, all of the housewives come. It looks very lovely. Kind of looks like it's in a parking lot almost. I thought that that was a bit strange. Outdoor spacing. It, you, need, outdoor you, need to, you need to keep it outdoors. You need to keep socially distant. Like, But they could have done it at somebody's house. I mean, at their own house if you're going to do it outside. And nowhere special. I digress. <laughs> so there's this birthday party for Evan. Jackie throws it. And then Teresa starts this rumor. And the rumor is that Evan is hooking up with somebody, fooling around at the gym. Right. And I think, was it Margaret that she brought it up to first? It might have been. I think it was Margaret that she approached first. And and Margaret, to her credit, first thing out of her mouth was, who'd you hear that from? Mm-hmm. And Teresa, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I can't Real remember. It's a person. Tree. It's a friend of mine. <laughs> I just don't remember who or where this person mm-hmm. came from. And then she's like, you live in the same town. Haven't you heard rumors? Like, we live in a town with many people. And I would never hear rumors about other people within our town. Like, yeah. that's so... This is not a town. They live in Tenafly. That is not a town of, you know, 10,000 people. It's a, it's a significantly populated <laughs> town. Yeah. Like, people are just talking. You know, it's just weird. It was very, like, 1965. Yeah, you, you live nearby. Wouldn't, wouldn't you guys be talking at the hairdresser? Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> right. Remember the days of um, when they had Chateau, the beauty parlor? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the beauty shop in... Yeah. <laughs> Frank, was it Franklin Lakes? And that, that was like the gossip mill. The hangout spot. <laughs> yeah. Bringing us... That was like, you know, season that, one, that was season early two, days. Jersey. Yeah, that was the early days. Yeah. So, Teresa starts this horrible rumor and is just trying to talk to anyone she can that will listen about 
Evan cheating on his wife at his, at his party. party. Like, the, they, they kept cutting back and forth to, like, shots of Evan and all his loved ones gathered around, <laughs> like, cheering him on, like, yeah, what a great guy. And then he cut to Teresa, like, so you hear about the stuff he does? I heard he does stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stuff at the gym. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she was going up to damn near everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't, like, she wasn't picking her spots. Like, that's, this is the stuff I was saying that came across as so, like... Calculated? I was going to say Thirsty. dumb. Thirsty? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say dumb. Like, it seems like, it seems like a, a first-year housewife kind of thing. Like, you don't know where to go with it. Like, you're trying to get, mm-hmm. you're trying to latch on to a story. You're trying to latch on to some... Not that not that Teresa needs to do this to stay relevant, but like you're trying to to stir the pot, right? Yeah. You're trying to bring some some juice to to the show, and you just blindly reach out at anyone who walks by you and is like, "Did you hear? Hey, excuse me. Did you hear? Did you hear he does stuff? Did anyone hear about the stuff he does?" <laughs> yeah. Sad. It was a little sad. I was too. like, you, I, you, I expect more from Teresa. Yeah, like, she I should know how this too. works. <laughs> I do. And she's, she, I mean, she certainly shook it up for the first episode. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah. So then we, you know, cut, like, you know, fast forward to Jackie clearly heard about this rumor and calls Teresa and then is like, hey, you want to meet about this? Let's have let's meet on neutral ground, and so they agree to meet at Margaret's house. Yeah, to talk it out, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Good move, right? You don't want to be at anyone's home turf, so mm-hmm. to speak. Like neutral neutral site is good. Yeah. So they so, uh, you know they they meet and it starts out very calm, you know, where she explains like why this is like damaging to her like one it's not true she meaning jackie yeah jackie's like it's not true and jackie got there early right to kind of mm-hmm. like relax a little and like get get comfortable at margaret's house she got there pretty quickly mm-hmm. since you know they do live in the same town yeah yeah <laughs> she could have taken a golf cart over right? <laughs> mayberry <laughs> so she confronts Teresa. And it's like, this is not true. This is an untrue rumor. Like, apologize. Like, fix, like yeah. she's basically begging her to stop this. Like, say it didn't happen. Yeah, it's d- not demanding, true. right? Yeah. Like, I, I think that was, it'd be fair to say she was demanding. Like, just admit that this is bullshit. Yeah. That you have, it's baseless. You mm-hmm. can't tell me who said it. You can't show any proof. There's no, no receipts. receipts, no evidence, nothing. Um, so she just wants to basically strike it from the record. Mm-hmm. Like, just admit it, it was coming from nowhere and essentially you're full of shit. Yeah. Like, just say it. I'm full of shit. This isn't, this didn't happen. Like, and she wouldn't back down. Tree, nope. tree stuck to her guns. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Jackie was trying to like reason with her and meet her in different ways. Like, Okay, maybe if I get you this way, you'll do it. Maybe if I'll explain it this way, you'll get it. Yeah, and you could you could almost see like the the lawyer side of mm-hmm. Jackie coming out. Like I'm gonna make my case. How would I make my case in this setting? How would I make the case to the like? Yeah. How like, do I appeal to you? Yeah, like really trying to find the right angle to like 
send it home for Teresa yeah. so that the light goes on. And Teresa just would not back down from it. And there was bad blood with the, these two from last season, mm-hmm. too. So that's, that's also to be factored in. Um, maybe this was just something Teresa was planning on throwing out for months, mm-hmm. like, leading up to this. Maybe she's like, oh, you want to mess with me, bitch? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's very coincidental, right? You start filming, and then this, the, this bomb The drops. day you start filming is the day you have all the, this juicy gossip. Mm-hmm. All the goss. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then, the, like most explosive thing happens the analogy the analogy oh man i've i've never thought i would be so excited for a literary term (laughs) to drop on bravo but it's like it is the analogy the analogy to end all analogies Mm -hmm. and i love the, the the beauty of using an analogy to really try and to to appeal to Teresa. yeah um because you know that's not going to land. I mean, she was trying, she was grasping at straws, trying to get her to, you know, like, I don't know, come, like, come down from this, this, like, stance that she had made. Like, maybe if I appeal to you in another way, you'll get what I'm saying and why this is ridiculous. And so she, she tried. <laughs> Do you want to break down the analogy? <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> so essentially the, the analogy that, that Jackie leans on is if you can go ahead and make up rumors about a loved one of mine and have no basis for it, no claims mm-hmm. of it being true, just you're making up a rumor, then I can do the same for you. Mm-hmm. So I'll pick a person that you love. Let's go with uh, your oldest daughter, Gia. <laughs> yeah. So let's just say I've heard Gia likes to do coke in bathrooms at parties. That's what I heard. Yeah. I can't tell you who I heard it from. I don't remember. And I have no proof, no receipts. But that's what I've heard, so I'm going to tell everyone I know about it. Yeah. And Oof. Teresa went crazy. Yeah, she goes nuclear on that. And... Now, here's this this brings up an interesting point because in a lot of circles people will talk about who is and who isn't off limits, mm-hmm. right? Um in some places they're like, well, you don't you don't bring the husbands into it. Mhm. Clearly, that doesn't apply in Jersey because Teresa <laughs> opened with a, <laughs> a damning rumor of a husband. Yeah. Um so then one of the other common rules is you don't involve the kids. Yeah. Clearly that also doesn't apply to New Jersey because no, Jersey Jack- makes their own rules. Because Jackie came right back <laughs> at her with her kids. Um, how do you feel on that? Do you feel like either are off limits, neither are off limits? Or do you think there's like, are, are, are there guidelines to what's off like does the age of the child affect whether or not the child's off limits like you wouldn't start a nasty rumor about an 11 year old yeah (laughs) yeah so for me age is important because that will you know because let's say their kid is like 25 years old let's say their kid is 30 years old like and they're a real asshole 
you're an asshole. Like, it doesn't matter if you're 70s. Everyone's someone's kid, right? Like, you're, you're allowed to be called out for being an asshole and being a jerk. Gia is, what, probably at the time 19. Now I think she's 20. All right. Um, Sounds about so right. So she, you know, under the law, she's not a minor when this, you know, statement was made by Jackie. So I, you know, do I think it was the best thing that she could have said? No. Um, but it certainly, the analogy, it, if you want to talk about, like, making a point, she <laughs> certainly made a point. It gets the point across. Yeah, it got the point across. Um, now, I can see from Gia's perspective that now people are going to, especially people are, like, don't listen and read things all the time. And so somebody might just read, like, this little blurb, and then now they think Gia does cook. You know, so that can be damaging. It's an analogy. Get it? Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, probably not the best analogy to pull out. But if she's talking about baseless claims, like she, that's what she she was saying. (laughs) She nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, of course, Teresa flips out. And then Jackie did some like real gangster shit. It, what did she say? Like, you're just jealous because I have what you want. She says, I have the life that you want. Yeah. I, I win. win. That was it. That was the... Fuck oh. yes. She, that was... I win. That was gangster. <laughs> that was... That's the part that I think is going to kind of haunt Teresa. hmm Yeah, I win. I have the life that you want. I win. hmm Yeah. I was blown away. That was just... Woo. After the Strong. last after the last five years that Teresa's had, I bet looking at Jackie's situation is kind of like, damn. Mm-hmm. That looks that looks nice. House in the Hamptons, nice house in the Hamptons, nice house in Jersey. Educated, um, handsome husband. husband, children, beautiful, like might wealthy do, family. Might, might do stuff at the gym. Might, he might do stuff <laughs> at the gym, but I mean, you know. <laughs> Um, so, of course, this started all of this controversy after the episode aired, and Gia put out a statement that, you know, this has been, like, damaging to her, and then, you know, Jackie put out a statement, she said something like, I wasn't starting a rumor about Gia, I was just giving an analogy, um, and then a lot of the housewives came out and said, you know, things like, children are off limits, and so we kind of circle back to that whole are you allowed to talk about someone's kid? Are you not allowed? Um, and and I guess I guess it also, for me, it would it would matter how much the kid is getting involved themselves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like I think of, um, Brooks Marks. Right? Yeah. Meredith's son. Meredith's son in Salt Lake. He wants to hold the diamond pretty bad i get the feeling (laughs) like i think if they gave him the option to hold the diamond in the opening credits he'd take it uh he wants the camera time he wants to be in the mix and so he's a little more involved he's at the fashion show so if they want to critique his fashion show while the women are there like i think that's fair game Mm -hmm. because he's involving himself in their yeah, and world. he's of age, too. And, and he's of age. Now, the one thing I will say, Gia generally doesn't put herself into the show that much. 
Yeah. Like, historically, like, she's not a, hey, camera, look at me, like, look what I'm doing. Like, she's been around it so long that, if anything, it's probably more of a nuisance to her than, like, this is a cool, fun thing. Mm -hmm. Like, for Brooks, it's brand new. It's a cool, fun thing. He's just getting his first time around the cameras at, you know, 20 or so. Yeah. She has been in front of the camera since she was, like, what, five? Mm-hmm. Really young. <laughs> like, real young. This this probably isn't that much fun for her. Yeah. And so I do kind of feel a little bad for her in that she wasn't at the party. She wasn't involved in this situation. Like, she really had nothing to do with this. True. And then got thrown into it. So for that, I do kind of sympathize a bit. Where it's like, for others, if you're getting involved in it, and then you get dirt on your hands, or you know, you get you get bruised, a bruised ego along the way. Uh, I'm like, well, you you kind of engaged. True. Like you know what I was thinking of. Um, I'm really bad with names, so I might need you to help me out on this one. But remember. Uh, Jacqueline's daughter. Oh, Ashley. Ashley. Remember the beef, Ashley and Danielle? The hair pulling, yeah. Yeah. That was a kid on the show, right? Mm-hmm. That, that was one of the... And Danielle tried to sue her, right? Yeah, and, and wrote some nasty stuff online mm-hmm. about her. Um, so there there is a precedent for this, right? There's precedence to um, this going down in Jersey, yeah. <laughs> actually, with older kids on the show and... Um, other castmates. True. Does Jersey seem like it's the only franchise that has kids on, like, the most? I, I don't know. Trying to, I'm, like, running through, I mean, Candy's well, kids Atlanta, in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, Candy's kids, Cynthia's kids, uh, Cynthia's daughter, when Kim was on the show, her kids were yeah, hell that's involved. True. So Atlanta, it seems to be, and then Jersey. Yeah, New York, you don't really get a lot. Mm-mm. You don't no. get the kids so much. Um, and the West Coast one's, like, not really No, no, not, not so much for OC. Well, I guess Shannon Medora's kids. Her More so girls. this year, and yeah. I think that was because they were quarantined in the house. Yeah. I, if the storyline wasn't them getting people sick or getting sick and, like, quarantining, I don't think we would have seen them as much. So much. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Atlanta... How excited are you for Sunday's episode? The super-sized, bolo-sized episode. Oh, my gosh. I have been waiting for months for this episode. Yeah. To find out what happens. See, now this is one of those things, like, I'm so glad Jersey didn't handle it this way. Because Atlanta gave us a little piece of this. And then we've been waiting for months to see where it goes. Way too long. Jersey, we heard there was going to be a fiery kind of... First episode. Uh, first episode. We heard there was going to be a feud, like an ugly feud this year. Mm-hmm. There was rumors of like this feud might be like long lasting. And we got right into it. Like right away. Yeah. I, so I'm super excited for Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh man. Yeah. So we can hopefully touch on that next week. Cause yeah. It's going to be so good. Yeah. S- supersized episode. Yeah. Supersized episode. So... So Jersey, to put a bow on that, it was great. It was like, made me feel like a whole human again. And just like back, it it breathed life into me. (laughs) And I'm very excited that we have it back. Any other pieces other than the Jackie, Teresa feud? There were other parts that, you know, came up here and there. Any, Any other takeaways from that first episode? 
Um, I'm very intrigued by the Marge's decorating that's going on. It's colorful. Yes, very colorful. I'm excited to see it all done because right now, with it not being put together, it seems a little bit crazy. Um, but I do like an eclectic style, so I'm looking forward to that. And um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's really that's really about it. I mean, there. You know, we're getting the snippets of. Maybe there's going to be trouble with Melissa and Joe. And yeah, and that that will unfold, I guess, over time. Yeah. Um, for me, the the one thing that kind of got m- my interest from that episode, which normally doesn't, no offense, Dolores, but normally your storyline doesn't hold me, mm-hmm. right? It's more of like uh, an afterthought, to be honest, for, for most of... Uh, and we love you, Dolores. She's great. It's just story-wise, like the actual like, story. You're pretty normal, Dolores. Yeah. So that's, that's why. Like, but, you have a normal life. You're not as, like, intriguing. Well, no, you're probably a very intriguing individual. It's just for when you're looking for a lot of drama. And you just don't have drama because you're normal. But now you got the house is built. Yeah. And she doesn't live there. She doesn't live there. Frankie Jr. is? Yeah. And David is. Yeah. (laughs) And so Frankie Jr. is hitting the books hard. He's he's doing his uh, quarantine studying. Mm -hmm. And David's living in a house... Built by Frankie Sr. Yeah. Uh, designed by Dolores, paid for by David. Yeah, so bizarre. Living there with Frankie Jr. Yeah, how long do you think that Dolores and David Did, are going to stay together? I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to speculate on relationships ending and things like that, but I will say I feel like David came across more assertive in this last episode. Mm-hmm. I think he's starting to, like, feel more comfortable. Yeah. Right? Um, that might not be great news <laughs> <laughs> for Dolores. Because, like, let's be real. And I, I'm not saying this uh, in, in any negative way, but it's a really interesting dynamic that's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it appears, I you know, we only know what's, you know, being filmed, but it appears that she spends... Way more time with Frankie Jr. You mean senior. I mean, Frankie Sr. than David. Yeah. Um, when they go to events, it's usually Frank Sr. Yeah, David's going. never around. David's never around. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to make of it. She seems like she's a single girl, you know, although she has a boyfriend, but she's single. Yeah. Or her boy, her boyfriend is her ex-husband. That's what it seems like. Like, it really seems like that's the relationship. And David's like, sometimes I go out on dates with that guy. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm with this guy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, but it works for them. Um, I just feel like Dolores is such a catch that she needs to have a guy that's going to be around and, and fill up her love tank. Her love tank is not full right now. You can tell. It is on E!, and David is not giving it to her. And she's feeling herself. She's yeah. getting she's getting crop tops. Yeah, getting her uh, summer bod. Um, getting whether it be like surgically enhanced or whatever. Like she's she's feeling good. She's looking good. Like on the prowl. Yep, she deserves to have a guy that's gonna be on her arm. Yeah. Yeah. So housewives can't New Jersey cannot wait for next week. Um, just super excited. We get one more. We get one more week 
with Housewives with Jersey and Salt Lake on the same night. Oh yeah, a Super Bowl. We get one more of those. And like, it's going to be so it's gonna good. It's going to be so glorious. So that that Salt Lake City uh, episode 2 um of the reunion, yeah. a three-parter was Three part out the gate for a first season. Yeah. You got three parts. That's Explosive. that says something. Yeah, so that was great. Um, there was a lot of fun highlights that came from that reunion. Lots of arguing, like so much. Yeah. Um, even like the funny. So you had told me about it before we even saw it because you had heard like the behind the scenes that there was a lot of arguments when they were just on break. Yeah, and that was great. <laughs> the funniest part about all of this is Andy Cohen is just sitting there. Like on his phone, yeah, like not paying attention to anything. Checking and these his women, Insta or like yeah. flipping through some email. <laughs> and these women are arguing all around him, and he just could not be bothered. You know how like they say, um, like how could a, a a garbage collector not smell the garbage? <laughs> like if you're around it all day, like that's got to be the worst part of the job. And then yeah. you're like, well, you know, if you've done it for years. You don't even realize. Like, it's just part of the job. Um, I'm not calling any of the housewives garbage. Yeah. Be careful there. Be careful. But what I'm saying is the drama, you become really uh, numb to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's just like par for the course. <laughs> so, I, I think that's what this was. I don't I don't think this is, was him uh, being, like, super involved in his phone. I don't think this is him not being in, interested in what the, the Salt Lake girls were doing. I think it's just um, run-of-the-mill day of wo- day at work, day at the office for Andy. Yeah. I'd like to reverse um, on something. So our last episode, we totally failed to mention a classic Housewives moment that took place, which was the Xerox. Oh, oh man. This, this is... It's... it's it's so entertaining. It's iconic to me. It, it's, it's iconic. And I just love the... I, I love watching the Salt Lake season because it's in its infancy. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you have kids, and we don't have kids, by the way. So I'm talking about this uh, hypothetically. <laughs> yeah. But it's like watching them take their first steps. Yeah. You know, and watching them fall or stumble for the first time, but then like get back on their feet. Um, last week we talked about Lisa's rookie mistake of the tanner. Yeah, right? on her hands. The the hand tanner. Yeah. Um, Hanner. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Whitney's rookie mistake of uh, a bad Xerox, babe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whitney trying to take a book out of Monique Samuel's page. Or a, uh, page, a page out, out of, of Monique, Monique Samuel's, Samuel's book. Uh, out, of, out of her binder. And come with her own receipts, only to be printed in a shoddy manner. Yeah. <laughs> so ink must have been running out on her printer. And so she hands over her receipts to Andy. And Andy's trying to make it out. And then he says... That's a bad Xerox, babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so classic. We need t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats. Like, it was so good. And I can't believe we failed to talk about it on our last episode because we basically said it every single yeah. day since yeah. this happened. <laughs> like, and I've reincorporated the word babe just into my regular, you I, know, 
like everyday language. Now. I've reincorporated the word Xerox. Yeah. What was the last time you said Xerox before that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I had to get that off my chest because it's really been plaguing me. Now, here's just a random theory. Just quick, indulge me for a second. Um, do you think that those copies were printed at the hotel? Ooh, that's a good possibility. Because you know how, like, you have the little concierge station, and they're like, oh, we have a printer or, like, you know, a little work area. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like if that was at home, she would have corrected this mistake, right? Like, you could have fixed that. You could have got a new toner. So she got it from the business center at the hotel. That's exactly what I was thinking. The Holiday Inn Business Center. Holiday Inn Business Center in Midtown Manhattan. Yep. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Babe. (laughs) Yeah. So um, then now we are fast forwarding um, to this week's reunion. Back to it. So a lot of like drama, just arguing, arguing, arguing. I like it. There was so much that I kind of forgot what they're all fighting about anymore. Yeah. Um, um, Well, I mean, one of the big pieces is the relationship between Lisa and Heather. mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that was a large segment of this this episode. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I kind of, I kind of see it and I don't want to just say from Heather's side because I like Heather. She's probably the most likable housewife in, in any franchise right now. She's like, Heather comes across as like a very down to earth, yeah, like likable person. Cool. Um, but the, the crux of it, I guess, is that Heather feels like Lisa looks down on her mm-hmm. and thinks less than of her um lisa thinks that that's bullshit and thinks that they're coming for her which Um, is weird yeah like i I don't understand lisa's take on it as much and i don't know if i'm just being blinded because i'm like team heather team heather yeah but like i don't know i i see that i'm not saying i see lisa's thinking she's better than people but like there have been some times that she comes off that she way. She comes across a little, you yeah. know what I mean? A, a little bit. Um, so I, I could, I, the thing is, I feel what Heather's saying. Like when you, when you see the pieces mm-hmm. laid out, I can feel the, I don't want to say pain. I don't think it's that deep, but I could feel like the, the, the small timing somebody, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like when you're acting bigger than them, like big timing them. I don't know. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so it's interesting cause I can't even think of the, like one of the arguments that were happening outside of that. Cause we know that that wasn't the whole episode, <laughs> but there was, um, I do want to talk about Mary and like, that was a little bit, um, I almost want to say weird, but I don't want it. It just was like, so they started talking about her husband, Robert senior, right? Yeah. Is his name. Yeah. They started speaking about him and their relationship, and Andy said, you know, do you guys sleep in the same bed? Mary said, no. Are you guys intimate? And she says, no. And then she starts getting really emotional, and she starts talking about how he buys her Chanel bags. And and, and all the, the labels she has. Right? Yeah. She's like, everything I have, it's because he loves me. Like Yeah. And so she starts saying he buys me Chanel bags while she's crying. And then, like, I guess she was trying to prove that, you know, he loves me. He buys me Chanel bags. And 
then she starts talking about how they have a great relationship and a, a beautiful marriage and um you know I think that what she's trying to say is like maybe we have these deficiencies where we don't even sleep in the same bedroom but there's love there um so it, it made me feel bad for her for a little bit like what's going on there yeah. You know, it seemed like she was trying to unload something really heavy, but couldn't articulate it. Do you feel like the reunion has turned Mary into, I don't want to say a sympathetic character, but more sympathetic at least? Yeah. Because I feel like she got painted as a wacko mm-hmm. in the first couple episodes because of the, the grandpa fucker. Yeah. Like, let's just call it what it is. Absolutely. Um, so... That was her basic, her, her real introduction mm-hmm. to, to the audience. And then she goes from being the grandpa fucker to being um, Jen Shah's, like, Baltimore, right? Like, you're, yeah. like, you're not allowed to say the name or like, <laughs> you, get, you get cursed or you get turned into stone. Um, so she becomes Jen Shah's trigger, I guess, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. And then she becomes a decoration in her closet. And we don't see her again until the reunion. Yeah. Um, I didn't think there was a chance that she comes back for next season. But after these first two episodes of the reunion, I feel like the door is more open than, I agree. than before. Because she showed that she was more than just the girl in the closet. And she can get, you know, a little nasty if she needs to. And she can fight back. And... Before, she was just coming off as this very meek character, almost. And yeah. she really stepped it up in the reunion. Yeah. Changed changed my point of view on her. And she was also kind of funny sometimes, you know, said some funny things. She was going at people, too. Mm-hmm. Like, she wasn't holding back with stuff. Yeah. Um, there was the, the weird situation with her in the 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. The 7-Eleven story where she's like, if I see guys outside of 7-Eleven, I won't go there. I'll go to another one. And then they try to pin her down on like, well, are you saying black guys yeah. or just sketchy people? And so it started to get like, wait, was this a racial comment? And then Jen was saying like, no, no, when it was relayed to me, it, it was, was a racial comment. Um, the way she kind of backed off it made it seem like it was more like if I see people outside, like or just men. guys, yeah, if I see men outside, men. I'm not going to go and, and walk past them. I'm not going in that shop. Which I get, like I I understand that, like, uh, just. Well, why don't you? Why don't you? This is a good time for the dude to uh, tell a little story about his experience at a convenience store in Salt Lake City. Look, Seven Elevens can be a frightening place, <laughs> especially in Salt Lake City, especially when the sun goes down. <laughs> I know this firsthand. The scariest encounter I've ever had at a 7-Eleven was in Salt Lake City <laughs> probably about eight years ago. Um, it was after hours. It was probably t- midnight, one o'clock in the morning, so a little little late. No way. It wasn't that late. Wasn't it? I- I'm guessing like 10 o'clock. All right. Well, maybe it was 10 o'clock, but it was definitely dark out. And when we went into the 7-Eleven... Um, I don't, I think it was a group of like two or three of us and we split up to go get our supplies and while I'm looking around at the snacks, there were these two tweakers, like, I don't know if any of you have ever watched Breaking Bad, 
but <laughs> the the real like the the real low life looking meth addicts like that kind of vibe that like hardcore tweaker vibe they were there and it was very much like oh the walking dead um <laughs> there was like an an audible murmur coming from them almost like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and they weren't walking uh fluidly it was a shuffle like it was there were definitely like shuffled steps and they were going to a discount candy bin and i remember seeing them and i'm i'm a city kid from jersey um i don't scare easy but they didn't look human. Like, I feel like I can relate and rationalize with many or most humans. These people looked like creatures. Like, they looked like something else. So I wanted to get the fuck out of there. And if that is what Mary encounters... <laughs> then when, you get it. When she goes to 7-Elevens... Oh, by the way, just, just to, to throw it out there, these tweakers were white. <laughs> there yeah. <laughs> was there wasn't any racial element to it. There were white tweakers, um, so that that proves the point even more. If I saw those same tweakers outside of a Seven Eleven, I wouldn't want to go in there. Yeah, I'd want to go somewhere else. So maybe that's what Mary's encountering. Maybe that's just a little snippet of what you know some of the the unseemly side of Salt Lake City can be. Yeah, lots of tweakers. So uh, yeah. I, I'm glad that she got to kind of clear that up and, um, you know, defend what she really meant by that. So, and then also she gave us a sneak peek into her marriage and what that's like, which was very interesting. What I found to be the most interesting thing out of the entire episode is they asked her questions about her church and where she gets her money from. Yeah. And because there's been so much... I thought they were going to like tiptoe around that and not really bring it up like front and center like that. Yeah, and there's been so much speculation and you've heard the recordings of her allegedly calling her congregation poor and cheap. And cheap and yeah. And so they're like, are you using your congregation's money? And she was she was quick and she was smooth. She's like, you saw how big my congregation is, right? Like to be able to like essentially what she was saying was you saw how many people there are there aren't enough people there to give me enough money to fund all of my like chanel bags and my homes and my other things like we've had businesses my my grandmother had what did she say three three, three restaurants. restaurants they had like uh like a lending house or something like yeah, that like a like mortgage, a mortgage place. company they've they've had a lot of businesses i i'll say this though and color me skeptical but this is this isn't saying like she got all this wealth like you know within the last couple of years from this congregation mm-hmm. we're saying she in, she inherited the church and inheritance from the church yeah that her grandmother was running for years. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is it's not the money from these people at the church at this moment. She has money from these people's grandparents. Yeah. She has money from their aunts and uncles. Like, and maybe some of that money was used to invest in restaurants, mm-hmm. to diversify, to like open up like 
accounting firms or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, good point. Um, so do I think that she is like raking her uh, congregation. congregation over the coals for money? No. But I feel like this is a kind of a long con. Like, they've been getting this money for decades. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you don't expect all this money to be coming from the last couple years and these families that are at the church now. It's, it's families that have been at that church since the 70s. True. And you've been making money off them. Oh, and guess who doesn't pay taxes? Churches. Churches. And people who run churches. Yeah. So they've never paid taxes. Her grandmother didn't pay taxes for decades. Fair. So do I think she's like stealing money from the congregation? No. I feel like they've been slowly draining money from the congregation for a very long time. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'll take that. I'll bite on that. Uh, so, yeah. The House Salt Lake reunion was great. Um, so looking forward to the, the next one. One key piece of information that I took away from this. I, I swear, if you ask me about this at the first episode of season two of Salt Lake City sometime next year, I'll remember this detail up until that point. I know that. The mind-blowing part of the reunion episode two for me. The age gap between Mary and her husband mm-hmm. is the exact age gap between Whitney Rose and, and her, her husband. husband. It's true. Nobody looks at her as a grandpa fucker. No. Now well, I know literally. Uh, yeah. This Come is. A, that's. A, I know it's a very different scenario, but. Um, the age thing isn't. It isn't different at all. It, what was it, 18 years? 17, maybe? I think it was 18. I think it was 18. But no one is really talking too much. I don't feel like they're talking too much about Mary's age difference with her husband. It's more about the fact that her husband was her grandfather at one point in time. But I think age is part of that conversation when you're talking about like a grandfather. Like When I think of it, part of the shocking, aside from... It's family. It's also old family, right? Like, yeah. if she was marrying a cousin, um, the family part would be weird, but the age thing wouldn't because it'd be like, you know, around the same age. This, I feel like, is weird on a couple of levels because it's like a, almost a 20-year gap. Mm-hmm. So that's like different. I don't want to say weird. It's just different. Uh, so that's different alongside the whole like, this gentleman was also married to your grandmother. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't care about the age thing. I only care about the grandfather thing. And it, what's especially weird to me is that I had um, or have a step-grandfather who was around before I was ever born. And he was very much like my grandfather. Like, So I could never imagine like marrying my step-grandfather who was my grandfather to me. Like, yeah. That's so bizarre and icky and gross and like, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty weird. It's weird. Like, you just can't reverse that. Like, he was there before I was even born. You know, it's just, it's strange. So, yeah. Anyways, I can't <laughs> wait. I'm looking forward to it. Um, And then just, you know, continuing on with Housewives this Sunday, Atlanta, and sharing that with you all next week. Oh, yeah. So, we haven't even done an Atlanta recap yet. So that'll be our first next week. Next week we'll we'll recap the supersize episode of this uh this Sunday's Atlanta. 
Yeah, looking forward to it. So thank you all for joining us again this week. Yeah, total pleasure. Uh, we got another Super Bowl on our hands this Wednesday. Looking forward to it. So uh, this is The Dude and Rivers. And we're coming to you from, from the, the lower, lower level. level.